0: Welcome to the Forge America Missional Podcast, where we discuss faith, mission, the church, and the intersection of all three. Today on the interview, we have the honor to host Luke Edwards from Charlotte, North Carolina. Luke is the pastor of King Street Church, a network of fresh expressions in Boone, North Carolina. He is the associate director of church development for the Western North Carolina Conference of the United Methodist Church and a trainer for fresh expressions. Over the past five years, he has helped launch over 250 micro-faith communities across Western North Carolina and many others across North America. He is passionate about balancing tradition and innovation to create new forms of church for folks previously excluded from the church. He's also the author of Becoming Church, a trail guide for starting fresh expressions. Check him out at faithfulcommunity.com and make sure to check out his podcast. They are called Faithful Community. Thanks for listening, and we're glad you're joining us at the interview. been going to the Sunday night group probably since like end of last summer, and I remember I walked in the door and someone was like, hey, you want a beer? And I was like, I thought this was church.
1: King Street Church is a network of small worship gatherings that focuses on forming Christian community among people that have never experienced it before. We have solid Christians, we have Christians with big doubts, we have people that aren't sure if they're Christians, we have people that are sure they're not Christians, yet every week we open the Bible together and we encounter God together.
2: Today we are joined by Luke Edwards. Uh, the author of Becoming Church. Uh, he's in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. We're also joined by my good friend Brenna in Albany. And then Bradford is in the producer's box, and he's silent today because he's being grumpy. So uh, it's just going to be me and Brenna and Luke. So Luke, man, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you. Thank you so much. It's good to be with you. Right on, right on. Well, man, we we want to jump right in. You have a new book out, Becoming Church. It's fantastic. Man, it is uh, I'm I'm a pragmatic guy, so anything that's just practical, get straight to it. Like anything that it has, oh, by the way, here's a best practice. Don't d- avoid this if you can. Like, that's just genius, man. So I'm excited for the book. I'm excited for what you guys are doing through Fresh Expressions. And so, man, tell us, people who may be listening, they, they, they've never, you know, come across you or, or been the had the privilege of seeing some of your content. So, man, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm the Associate Director of Church Development for the Western North Carolina Conference of the United Methodist Church. Um, And we've got about 1,100 churches in Western North Carolina that I help start Fresh Expressions of Church, dinner churches, all kinds of other creative forms of ministry. And I have been doing that for two years. And before that, um, was leading a network of Fresh Expressions in Boone um, that was connected to a larger United Methodist church, Boone United Methodist. Um, We had a, a, a network of Fresh Expressions. We had one that met at the Boone Saloon, one that met at the county jail, um, one that met at the uh, local homeless shelter, um, and one that met at a coffee shop, um, like a block from the homeless shelter. Um, So I was leading that for six years. I I didn't grow up United Methodist. I grew up in uh, Western Massachusetts, connected to a a non-denominational church up there, but also um, young life was an important part of
2: my childhood and kind of forming so was that under un- undercover Baptists? I mean, I mean, <laughs> uh, I think so. There you go. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. You're part of my tribe, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't spent a ton of time trying to like figure out exactly what my childhood church yeah. was fully associated with,
2: but it was a good church. For our listeners who have never uh, heard about Fresh Expressions, or maybe they've seen some things online. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing through Fresh Expressions, and like, what what is a Fresh Expression? How would you even describe that uh, to our listeners? Uh,
1: so I think your listeners will find it like a familiar model, uh, but just called something different. Sure. Um, it's very similar to like house church movements, organic church movements, uh, but it it has origins in the Church of England. Um, around two thousand four, they were seeing these like. Um, new forms of church kind of emerging um, on the outskirts of the denomination where uh, people were gathering in pubs or were gathering um, in coffee shops. Uh, There was mom groups and groups of families gathering around crafts and and kind of being church together. The denomination did this kind of study around this emerging new movement and, and kind of put some terminology and some framework around it and called it Fresh Expressions. Um, and so a fresh expression is just simply a, a new form of church for folks that wouldn't come to church on Sunday mornings. So they connect with people that just would, would never darken the door of our um, traditional forms of church. And, and when I say traditional forms of church, I, I mean, I include like contemporary services sure. and stuff like that. But just in our, our kind of formalized uh, um, ways of, of gathering. Um, and so fresh expressions kind of took off throughout England. Um, And then in 2012, uh, kind of began to spread across the US. And and it really connects with denominational uh, groups really well because it emerged out of um, the Church of England. Some of the like house church movements and uh, like organic church movements have had difficulty getting in on some of the like mainline denominations, especially. But Fresh Expression, since it came from a kind of high steeple denomination, they, they worked through the challenges that would fi- we would face in like a United Methodist Church um, or Episcopal Church, all those kinds of things. So it's really resonated with a lot of folks um, and taken off um, big time in recent years.
2: So Luke, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience in, in really getting started with launching some Fresh Expressions. So you're a part of uh, Boone United Methodist, is that correct? Um, yep. And doing some things. And tell me, how did you even get to that point? I mean, how did how did the idea of a fresh expression even become something that was attractive or, 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 or alluring to you? Um, so that was
1: um, back in about 2012 2013. Um, I went from Western Massachusetts to to Boone, North Carolina, to go to college to Appalachian State, um, and when I was there, got connected with uh, the Wesley Foundation, which is the Methodist campus ministry um, there in Boone, and then began uh, worshiping at Boone UMC. And then my sophomore year of college, I was a worship leader um, doing um, music for their contemporary service, and also pretty quickly got involved in their local missions um, and helping start like a firewood ministry, some different outreaches. And I was uh, then after college, I was hired as a kind of missions director for the church. Um, and that was uh, in 2011. And did that for two years. And, and in that two years, um, well, actually through, through college and then um, in that two years, I learned about like empowerment models of ministry and, and mission, like uh, when helping hurts type stuff, and was trying to incorporate that into our local missions and it was just like kept hitting brick walls. I think it was because we were like the big rich church sure. in town, or that was how we were perceived. and so ways of like moving into those empowerment models were just not working um and I was getting kind of frustrated. I was getting kind of burned out on kind of charity based ministry and was just looking to to build community with uh with my neighbors and and to to build an empowerment and and so Around that time, when I was starting to feel a little bit burned out and, and desiring something different, my senior pastor, um, Jason Biasi, he he asked me if I would be interested in starting a campus of uh, Boone UMC in the downtown area of Boone. So Boone uh, UMC and several other churches had sold their property downtown to the university, and then kind of built bigger um, campuses uh, outside of the downtown area, and he. Yeah, just asked if I would think through what it could look like to start a new campus down there and I said, "Yeah, that that sounds good. I've been kind of ready to try something a little different." And Boone is just one of those like cool mountain towns that like every church planter would love to live there, every pastor would love to get appointed there. And so it ends it, we have an, a bunch of incredible churches there. You know, like the, whether it's like the High Steeple Church or they like super cool contemporary church, like there's, there's a really high quality church in all of those like genres um, in Boone. And so it's like, okay, if we're going to start something new and we want to connect with people that aren't already connected to one of those churches, I feel like we're going to have to do something kind of different. And so I had some conversations with some folks that I knew were spending their time downtown. Um, who were interested in faith, but not uh, a part of any church, and found this woman named Elizabeth, who had just really invested in relationships in the downtown area of Boone. And we partnered together and just started hosting some potlucks and inviting friends to it. Did that for uh, a whole summer. And then eventually conversations around the the kind of meal that we were sharing turned spiritual. And um, all of a sudden, we had this kind of spiritual community forming, but we didn't really know what to call it. It was like it felt like church, yeah. uh, but it didn't look like any United Methodist Church uh, that I'd been a part of. So uh, we ended up finding fresh expressions as a model um, and're like, oh, that's what this is.
3: um I got a chance to to read some of becoming the church, and there's a part in uh, the first chapter where you talk about that transition that you went through and being a missions pastor and being you were burnt out. And I love what you said. Uh, I was a burnt out missions pastor with a waning savior complex who realized despite my best efforts, my neighbor's situations were relatively unchanged. Um, and then you, you go on to describe the, the change in posture that you found was needed in, instead of almost being sent to people, but being sent with people. That when uh, we worked together with the people that we were sent with um, for the solutions.
1: Uh, as a college student, I started so studying social work um, and took a social problems class and learned about generational poverty, addiction, like all these things like hunger, um, and then just realized that that was happening like like minutes away from where I was, you know, that Boone is like a, a cool downtown area. But as soon as you leave the downtown area, you're you you experience, you're in the midst of rural Appalachian poverty um, and, and generational um, poverty. And so I, I saw that. I saw our like High Steeple Church um, and saw that we weren't doing like a ton to support our community. You know, we were supporting nonprofits, but... We weren't like getting out there and, and ourselves. And so that was kind of like uh, to me, okay, that's what we should be doing um, and, and pushed our church um, to be a part of that. Um, and that was good, but there was always that element of kind of us and them. And when we were approaching our neighbors with solutions that that we had thought of, it, it never dug below the surface. Um, it, it was addressing like it wasn't addressing the underlying issues. Um, and then compare that to King Street Church. Once we got off the ground, we ended up kind of... Early on, we connected with young 20-somethings, but after a few years, our kind of um, typical church member became a, a person who had been recently released from incarceration. So probably like half of our congregation had a rap sheet. And when we... Uh, we're building community together and walking through their struggles alongside folks. And like their struggles became our struggles. And, uh, and then we got to understand the underlying root causes of what was going on um, and, and try to together find ways to dig underneath that. And so, you know, since then, like, so we had like awareness events around mass incarceration and how like People are just set up to fail when they get out of of jail and prison. Um, So we we raised awareness in our community about that. We um, worked on systemic solutions and um, partnered with other agencies in town where like now they have like a diversion program um, in Watauga County where someone who just really needs mental health care or really needs addiction treatment might get those instead of getting locked up. And then they they also um, just recently, this is since I've left, um, have started a reentry council, which is like a large group of community members that is concerned with uh, how uh, when folks get out, are, are they finding housing, are they finding employment, all that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, one of the dangers in living incarnationally is if we are surrounded by potentially people who are wealthy and don't need a whole lot and that we could create socioeconomic cliques that we wouldn't have to then address the needs in our community in a real incarnational way. We wouldn't have to work from the margins as Jesus did uh, if we are just interacting with people who look like us, talk like us, have similar lifestyles as us. Um, and I think what you're talking about, man, it really gets after that. You, We have to be able to incarnate in the margins.
2: One of the things I love about King Street and, and how you, even just the formation of how you guys began is it coming out of the church and, and I would imagine if I'm guessing, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were first approached, it was probably more of a, hey, go start another church that looks like our church downtown. But it, it totally morphed and, and evolved into something that it was nothing like what was out in the suburbs. And and I there we have a lot of leaders who, who are part of Forge, who are in orbit of Forge, who are leading these just beautiful congregations. But they're congregations that are going to, for the most part, they're going to look the way they look in 50 years, you know, uh, unless something drastic happens. And so one of the things that we're encouraging leaders to think through is, is what does it look to pioneer something that is almost completely opposite of what you're doing, that it's reaching a people group who, like you said, would never darken the doors of the church. And so uh, I know King Street, you guys met in a pub uh, for for a good season, or I, I don't know if they're still meeting there. Can you speak to the idea of, You know, like starting something that is intentionally in a a different context, reaching different people using completely different tactics of gathering. So one of the cool things about fresh expressions,
1: particularly um, in the the U.S., is that they're anchored into an existing congregation. So like like you said, like like we have patterns within our congregations that like we don't we don't need to stop. Um, living those out. But if we don't do something different, there's this group of people in our community that are just never yeah. going to be connected. And so Fresh Expressions says, let's do both. Um, and so we have this, this phrase uh, that gets thrown a lot in the Fresh Expressions world called the the blended ecology of uh, traditional forms of church and new forms of church working together to uh, to reach different people, to, to accomplish different things. Like Fresh Expressions, Are not good at passing along our like inherited traditions and wisdom of of our ancient faith. You know, it's they might start and they might fizzle out after a couple years. Where our inherited forms of church, our more traditional forms of church, you get to pass along that rich like tradition, the rich liturgy, all those things that that we need to keep um, passing along. Um, and, And 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 yet those forms of church are are missing a huge percentage of our post christian increasingly post christian society and so so being able to do both for a church is kind of a game changer yeah. you know it can widen the 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 church family and and it doesn't take a ton of people like a lot of fresh expressions have like a leader team of like two or three so you don't have to like send That's half right. of your church to go start a fresh expression you just send out a couple of your people that that you know would be good at at reaching a a new group of of folks and and forming community and then building uh, elements of discipleship and then
2: forming a church. And the thing I love about that, and again, I think, I guess it would take the high church to figure this out because in my world, in the Baptist world, it's one of those things where we love throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, oh, this is not working, so let's just dump all of this, and then we're all going to go start hanging out at the bar. And the last thing you want to do is be in a bar with a bunch of Baptists who are so awkward, they don't know what to order. They don't know how to act. And it's just no one. You're not gathering anybody in that kind of setting. And so I love the idea of this ecology that um, that you you can have these different expressions. And if you if you're able to create an apostolic runway where you're gathering people that are like, man, you can do all kinds of things. So you can have this a church of 50, 50 to 60 people in this congregation that's beautiful and, and historical and wonderful. Who are sending two teams of two or three to the the ball fields to the to the bar to wherever in your city that uh people who are desperate for some type of connection and again tamping down the savior complex which i think that's i haven't met an apostolic leader who doesn't have (laughs) one and so uh, i love that you're (laughs) self-professed and so that's 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 a good sign it's a sign of health in my opinion (laughs) but yeah I, i love that i think i think that's where we need to see the church shifting from. And, you know, again, we tell people all the time, don't blow anything up. Uh, for years, people would come, they would blow all their ministries up and then contact Forge. And they're like, all right, we blew everything else. How can you help us? And we're like, oh, my gosh, you just made this 10 times harder. <laughs> it's like, don't blow anything up, but let's begin to think differently around some other things. And so I love that you guys are are committed to that. And, and again, Becoming Church is such a great book and playbook about how this actually played out with king street and and really some some best practices and so let's jump into the book if that's okay i'd love to hear some of the things that you think how is this book going to be helpful for a pastor who is leading that congregation but is beginning to think okay how do we how do we get something going that's going to be one let's be honest i mean i've led those congregations you need something exciting like you know, let's just be honest. There are guys who are cranking out their sermon in five hours, and they're like, what do I do with the rest of my week? And so they won't admit that, but we know that that kind of happens. And so it's like, okay, what is something that could excite some leaders to begin uh, starting some of these newer things? So
1: the I wrote the book for uh, with with lay people in mind um, as the kind of primary reader. Um, I think pastors will, will enjoy it as well. Um, but I think I wrote it as the book that you can hand to somebody that is ready to start something. Which is a gift um, to pastors. So, th- Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and there's some really good books um, that, that kind of tell a little bit more about why we need a fresh expression and what a fresh expression is. I do talk about that in the opening chapter, but then I jump into yeah. the process. And so I think, yeah, that's that's the hope of the book. There, there's these um, six steps that uh, most Fresh Expressions walk through as they're taking shape, and that was first identified in the Church of England, um, and that was one of the resources that really has resonated with me um, over the years as a practitioner myself, as someone that's taught others to start Fresh Expressions, I just use that process a lot. Um, it's called the Fresh Expressions Journey, and it's these six steps, and so that was my my hope was to to kind of deep dive into each of those steps. They each have a chapter with some theological reflection, some stories, and then some super practical steps uh, for folks to to live those out. And yeah, so I, I think as far as getting folks in your church excited about this, I think sharing stories uh, of what other churches are doing, whether that's stories from the book or stories you can find online, there there's just some really cool examples of of how um, Everyday churches are, are starting these. I, I think there's a uh, there's often the like church conference culture of like like uh, all the like cheesy pastors with their like denominational logo polos <laughs> go to these conferences, and up on the stage is like the really cool tattooed guy with the plaid like rolled up sleeves, uh, and he's talking about like all these incredible things that his his church is doing and. Um, and then the folks in the audience are like, well, that's cool, but ha- yeah. how the heck do I do that at my church? And so uh, this book's full of stories of like the regular everyday folks, and some of them have tattoos, I'm sure. <laughs> They're but, <hidden>. um, <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but those are the stories that I, lo- I love to tell. It's like uh, I open up the book with a story of these two elderly ladies in Australia who went to a Fresh Expression training and were like, hey, we could start one of these. And they started a cooking class cool. for widowers. Um, And like, you know, like if like everyone can start one of these, you don't, you don't have to be like super extroverted hip hipster to to start a new form of church. Uh,
3: As you've been uh, equipping people, being a practitioner, walking people through this becoming church process uh, along the way, what barriers uh, to mobilization have you found for people? Like as they're, they're trying this out, they're practicing it. What do you see people come up against?
1: Yeah. So the the biggest one that I see is people rushing to the program and then only connecting with church folks. So kind of like Terry said, it's like a bar full of uh, Baptists or something. And you're like, hey, we started this so that it'd be for people that weren't connected to church. What happened? And that's where the Fred Expressions journey comes in. So the, the first half of that is uh, listening and then it's loving people and it's building community. And so you actually, you build social community and social connections before you build spiritual community in the Fred Expressions journey, typically. And so the, that challenge of when you just connect with church people, it means you probably skipped um, those early stages of building relationships with people outside of the church. So when you started a spiritual community, the only people that came to it were, were other church folks. That's the biggest one I've I've seen. In
2: Forge, we talk about the idea of, of the dual engine of spiritual momentum and uh, and social momentum, and how we have to kickstart yep. the social momentum, that then kickstarts the second engine of spiritual momentum. Um, but man, we 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 love us in Bible study, and so that's what we just like. Oh well, let's just do a Bible study in a bar, and you look up, and it's like just five Christians and and no, no, no one's being impacted by that. But you're just you've moved your Wednesday night Bible study to the bar.
3: I think that's actually a young life saying, like, you've got to earn the right to to speak into somebody's life. That that's that's young life. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, earn, earn the right to be heard. Well, brother, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Faithful Community. And so that's something that uh, you're kind of focusing on now with all the other things you've got going on. Unpack that for us and, and tell us a little bit more about that and how people can get connected with that. Faithful
1: Community is it's, uh, like the place where I host my digital communities and also um, I, I shifted my blog to a Substack stack recently. Um, so that's where I'm uh, processing with folks about how we can build community, um, that can become church and for me it's that kind of kind of what we've been talking about that realization that the church doesn't need more programs we don't need to build more programs and keep more people busy like we need more communities that that welcome people in our our country uh, the united states ha- has an epidemic of loneliness um, even before the pandemic it was like 61 percent of Americans were lonely it's um, probably like after the pen pand- or in the pandemic is probably like 95%, right? And so that emphasis on building community and 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 doing it in a way where um, there's a possibility for a spiritual community to be born is, is kind of where I've been focusing some of my thoughts and learnings. I, I've, over the past couple of years, connected with this emerging profession called community managers. And it's a little bit different than a social media manager, but a, a company or a brand or a influencer will hire someone to build community around their um, brand or company. And it's this idea of, of, of when you build um, community that that strengthens your, your whole brand. So I've been welcomed into that that group through a couple of um, Slack channels and and just conversations with, with folks that are doing that work. And I've been learning a ton from them, particularly uh, during the pandemic when uh, everything went to digital community. Most of those folks were already doing digital community building um, and the church really wasn't. And so I, I was able to kind of bring some of the learnings from them over to the church. Um, and that's been a place where I've I've dumped that learning into. Is a, uh, so we've got a, a Facebook group. We've got a, a Geneva chat, which is kind of like a discord, but a little less techie feeling. And so, yeah, uh, a couple of digital communities uh, try to Right, every once in a while. Lately, I haven't uh, updated my Substack a ton just because it's been book launch season and I've <laughs> been going crazy with webinars and podcasts and stuff. So.
3: Um, this season, we're really looking at how we lead faithfully in this new season um, as uh, leaders in. The church, leaders in gospel communities, leaders in yeah, the big C church. And over the years of leading Fresh Expressions, how have you seen your leadership change?
1: For me, my leadership early on in college in that uh, savior complex season of leadership was very like, okay, I need to come up with the vision or I need to hear the vision from God. And then I need to get everyone else to buy into the vision that I've had. And, you know, maybe like make them feel like they thought of it, too. But really, yeah. I thought of it, you know, um, and that I don't that was probably a maturity thing. Um, but it was also something I like learned from other pastors like that. That's a, a style of leadership. Absolutely. Um, and Fresh Expressions has opened up a new way of leadership, which is a leadership that's driven by listening first, Like, like being a good listener, being a learner, being curious, like Instead of saying, I know what you need, say saying, what can I do for you? Like, that's that's how Jesus did ministry, right? And so I think now I try to listen first to build relationships and then to, to be surrounded by community and to, to, like, never stop listening. Because I think what I, I've come to realize is that I don't have that many great mm-hmm. answers. You know, I might have a couple every once in a while, but the people around me are brilliant, like, the the people that we built King Street Church together with, they had ideas and um, they had ways of explaining faith to everyone else that I would have never thought
2: of to put in a sermon if I was the only one talking. You know. Yeah, I mean, I love how you put that. That's so strong. So outside of people picking up the the book, uh, you can buy wherever books are sold. What how would you how would you encourage leaders to get started in this journey? Like, what's what's step one and two maybe? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so freshexpressionsus.org has some really great resources. We do um, something called a vision day. And uh, that is the kind of step one. There's like a digital, there's been a digital version that we've been offering, which is, it's like a kind of one day training. um, And that's really helpful. And then we also have been offering learning communities, uh, which we have a couple of those starting this fall, one in English and one in Spanish. Um, And those are like, seven month six month seven month process of like getting some feedback some coaching some um, activities to to experiment with and yeah so those are a couple of early steps yeah I think my book is is a uh, can be can be helpful and also um, another one that I recommend is deep roots wild branches mm-hmm. by Michael Beck um, it's a, a a solid kind of background of fresh expressions and why we need it
3: I am really excited about the book, um, and, and just as you are unpacking how you go about listening, you know, so many books that we read are like, well, this is how you got to do it, and if you're not doing it this way, um, you're you're failing, right? And that's how you sell books. But the posture in which you're talking about and the posture in, in that we are listeners, uh, man, that that's a... A take that isn't as common, and I, I'm just so thankful that you've written this book and and are leading out in that way uh, for um, the church community.
2: Like I said, it's I, I truly believe it's a gift for pastors, and so if you're a pastor listening to this, go get the book. Uh, I think it, it, it'll be helpful for you to read, and then once you read it, find that one or two one or two people in your congregation that's always bugging you about to do like we should do something, we should do something. Then give the book to them. And then let them begin dreaming uh, and and who knows what will come of it. And so, Luke, man, thank you. I, thank you for this. I think it's I think it's huge because I think this is where the church in the West, this is our natural next step. And, you know, I, I think sometimes people look at organizations like Forge and Fresh Expressions and V3 and, and, and some of our, our sister organizations who are thinking this missional incarnational mode of church and I think sometimes people just say, oh, well, that they're doing it out of necessity or they're doing it out of a reaction to the church dying or blah, blah, blah. And and I, I really I'm not getting that. You know, I've, I think this is like a new flourishing of what the church could be. Um, and 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 actually, I think it puts us more in the realm of our brothers and sisters around the world, around the globe that are mm-hmm. seeing church uh, be expressed in, in ways that we aren't used to, that's often stripped of power and resource, but no less powerful, you know, and so very impactful. And so, uh, Luke, dude, thank you for the book. Thank you for joining us today. Where's the best, I mean, you can get anything on Amazon, but if people aren't interested in supporting mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos's trip to space, where else can they get the book? <laughs> yeah, so the best, the best place to look for is
1: becomingchurch.net, and that'll bring you to the Fresh Expressions Perfect. U.S. website, um, you can read the first chapter for free, and then you can order it uh, directly nice. from us there.
2: Well, Luke, man, do you what else what what do you have cooking? Do you have anything kind of coming up that we can platform or anything you're excited about? So I am just
1: excited about the work that we're doing here in Western North Carolina. We've got some great, Um, fresh expressions that are emerging. And then also I'm a a little bit excited. Uh, So I I moved to Charlotte two years ago, have just been getting to know my neighbors and and kind of starting the process over. And uh, this Saturday I have uh, organized our first gathering of Who Let the Dads Out, um, which is a a group of dads bringing our kids together to have fun once a month. And uh, this Saturday we're going fishing with our kids. um, that's awesome. That's awesome. What
3: are the moms doing?
1: They're just going
2: to relax. Yeah. <laughs> just chill. Enjoy. I love
3: everything that you just said.
2: <laughs> well, well, good, dude. Uh, that's exciting. Yeah, I, I highly recommend you guys pick up the book. Uh, check out what Luke is doing uh, there in Carolina. And again, Luke, thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, and we will see you guys uh, next time. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the Forge America Missional Podcast. Forge America longs to see the reign of God revealed in the everyday spaces of life. To do this, we partner with local movements to mobilize the people of God to participate in the everyday mission of God. If you'd like to know more about Forge America, feel free to check us out at forgeamerica.com.